This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you this morning at 8am as always, but from London. Uh, I'm in a hotel room this morning um, because I was up here yesterday um, for my birthday day out, as I kind of described to you. The audio is going to sound different because I'm using the, the webcam as the actual microphone because I'm an idiot and forgot my travel microphone. So first of all, an apologies about the difference in the audio, uh, that it's not going to be as clean and crisp as it usually is. But I'm hoping that you can hear me. Let me know uh, if it is okay. I'm hoping it's okay. There's not much I can do about it if it's not okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's the reason as to why the surroundings are different. And yes, yeah, so apologies for having a day off. Uh, apologies that it's uh, uh, slightly different in here. But for those asking, I had a really, really good day. It was fantastic. Um, we went out, played some played some games, um, we went out and uh, had a very nice meal and then saw, I mean, it was, it's one of those moments where you sit down and you're a little bit starstruck because as we sit, sat down for dinner, we went to, um, it was the missus kind of present to me for my birthday, we, we went to uh, Tom Kerridge's uh, Bar and Grill um, in, uh, in, not in Canning Town, I mean, near Charing Cross basically, near Monument and uh sitting down for dinner and all of a sudden my wife's face just changed as somebody sat down next to us it wasn't an arsenal related person before you start getting your hopes up um, but it was one of my favorite actors uh keegan michael key sat down next to our table which was uh, a very starstruck moment and certainly a highlight of the day as well uh i was too I was too, not that I was unafraid to ask him to just say hello or whatever. I wouldn't have asked someone for a selfie in that situation. But uh, I just felt like when someone's out having their meal, I don't want to be that guy to, you know, interrupt. So I didn't. Um, we just sat there very starstruck for a while while we had our dinner. But uh, it was a great day. We had a great time. And uh, it was made all the better by um, seeing uh, Spurs lose, which we'll talk about shortly. And of course, um, just just some more hilarities with that and, and everything that goes with it. Um, we are obviously going to be tackling a number of topics today. So make sure you drop a like on the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'm going to talk about our live event in part two. 
And I'm going to deliver those stats that I promised you yesterday on Ramsdale, on Raya as well. So without further ado, though, let's crack on with things, shall we? And we'll first of all start uh, with yesterday's fantastic win uh, in the WSL. We saw Beth Mead scoring uh, and returning to the team properly and getting that full impact that we've been missing and missed so much, of course, last season. We really did miss um, what Beth could provide us in the team and getting on the score sheet, really showing that she's back. Uh, with a bang and Arsenal winning 3-0 to continue uh, their real strong, you know, crisp um, kind of specific uh, link up the table and, and rise up the table and competing with Chelsea. That's what we want to see uh, from from Arsenal in this WSL season. They haven't got the same amount of, of responsibilities in the other competitions. So hopefully the WSL is going to be where we can succeed the most. Um, moving forwards. If I can get onto the right tab, there we go. Uh, and looking at the Premier League table after yesterday's um, after yesterday's results in the uh, in the in the Premier League, what I'm going to do quickly, I'm going to switch my audio microphone just to the laptop, just to see if that makes it any better. I'm hoping that it might. So we're now we're now on the laptop. So let let me know if this is any better than the uh, than the other audio. I'm hoping the audio is is maybe a bit better on this setting. But uh, I have no control. Uh, of, uh, these are the two options that we have. Let me know if it's any better. Um, but this is the Premier League table uh, as it stands right now. Um, Arsenal, of course, top of it uh, after yesterday's win. The only game that really kind of affected um, it affected the uh, the situation with where teams stand. Aston Villa, of course, rising to fourth in the table after they beat Tottenham Hotspur uh, in the Premier League. Spurs dropping down to fifth in the table, which is uh, hilarious. And I love that they gave themselves like a little bit of hope, if you know what I mean. Uh, they gave themselves a little bit of, uh, uh, <laughs> of optimism when they scored that goal uh, very, very early on in the game, but only for Aston Villa to turn around and uh, Paul Torres scoring from that free kick and then Ollie Watkins getting a goal as well. Unai Emery celebrating like a madman. Uh, clearly still a little bit of Arsenal inside him uh, when winning at Tottenham. But of course, Spurs have now lost three in a row. And I quote tweeted a video that I put up after that game against Chelsea. If you remember the game against Chelsea, um, the, the all of the talk after that game was that Spurs can take more from this 4-1 defeat um, than Chelsea can from you know, winning 4-1 at Spurs. And since that, they lost against Wolves and now they've lost another game against Villa. And I just find those punditry analyses so silly when you look back at it now. It looks so ridiculous when you look back at it now, doesn't it? And they were all talking about how much, you know, all the positivity around Spurs after being battered at home and playing crazy tactics. Well, I think it's come back to make everybody involved in really bigging Spurs up look a little bit silly. And I'm all for that. So there you go. Uh, I also had the opportunity to speak after the game against Brentford to Bukaya Saka. You can read a lot of the quotes from uh, our fantastic winger on the football.london website and of course on my article. But I'm going to play you a brief clip of that conversation. Uh, so sit back, relax and have a listen to, to my conversation or a small part of it with Saka. Did you get a chance to watch the Liverpool Man City game earlier? Did that draw give you an extra bit of oomph? In the evening. Yeah, yeah, what a game by the way, but you know, I, I watched that game, um, really high quality game and of course the draw is a good result for us and all of us knew, especially in the team talk today, we said it, you know, boys, it's a chance to go top of the league and obviously we, we took that, so we're, we're happy. 
Saka was very, very um, happy, uh, as you can imagine. And uh, we appreciate him stopping and talking to us after the game as well, because um, obviously away games, players want to kind of shoot off as quick as they can and get back, uh, especially after a fantastic win. But uh, yeah, really good to see him in such high spirits and interesting to hear them talk specifically about the, you know, the team talk changing as well after they won that, after they watched uh, the draw between Manchester City and Liverpool. Uh, the audio apparently is better as well, so I'll make sure that I continue to not use the camera and instead use the laptop microphone <laughs> as it seemingly is a bit better. Uh, so thank you for sticking with me despite the, the difference in audio today. Um, but yeah, really good to speak to him. If you want to read the full article with more quotes from Saka, you can do that. It is on my page on the football.london website, so I suggest you head over there after you've watched today's show to have a read of those quotes. Now, there are links with Aaron Ramsdale um, and Wolves. We touched a little bit on this yesterday, though those links have not gone away. There's further talk about this and that Wolves want to look at a £35 million move for the goalkeeper. However, there are suggestions that they want to take him on loan in January with an obligation to buy option included in that that would activate in the summer. Whether that's something Arsenal would be interested in, I'm not sure. Whether that's something that Ramsdale would be interested in, I'm not sure. Um, listening and hearing a few things around the goalkeeper about where his next step would want to be, it's intriguing to know whether or not Wolves would fall into that category. Um, but whether or not that happens, I guess we will have to wait and see. But linked with £35 million, I think he's worth more. I think he's worth far more than that. Um, and, and I hope, I hope at least, keeping those fingers crossed, that... Uh, that if he is going to move on, Arsenal can get a very, very good fee, far more than £35 million, because I think he's personally worth more than that £35 million link that we are seeing today. And lastly, uh, and top of the list regarding our stories, is, of course, Victor Ozimen, uh, the Nigerian striker playing for Napoli. Uh, player that we feel and have felt for quite some time has been out of our range, out of our our reach. Um, suggestions are uh, that there is indeed truth in these stories. We saw uh, the old uh, Arsenal ITKs out there discussing this story yesterday. I think it was Mo Arsenal doing it, uh, talking about it initially. And then Team News and Ticks, who we know is a fantastically reliable outlet uh, in our Arsenal sphere on social media, confirming that indeed Victor Rosamend is Arsenal's top target. Charles Watts actually reported back in 2022 that uh, he had been spoken to by Arsenal and also that we heard when he was only 18 years of age that Arsene Wenger had actually approached Ozymen about a potential move to Arsenal. So he's always been somebody that's been in and around the chat and the discussion of Arsenal Football Club. It's just about whether or not um, it's whether or not we know whether he's going to improve or whether he's going to um, you know, reach a higher level if he was to move to a club like Arsenal and whether he would transition to the Premier League in a better way than, than what we've experienced so far. So it's difficult to understand whether or not he's going to succeed in the Premier League. But we know that he's a top striker and knowing that he's actually the top of Arsenal's striking list is encouraging. The issue is, the problem is, is that we don't know what it's going to cost. And the price is the biggest thing. The price is the biggest problem that we've got regarding Victor Ozymen. So hopefully... It comes down from that 150 million that has been talked about. If it doesn't, we might find ourselves in a little bit of bother regarding trying to get any kind of potential deal done. Right, we're going to go to part two now and your questions right after. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to bear with me. We're going to disconnect because what I'm going to do is I'm going to change to my hotspot and I'm going to see if that improves the Wi-Fi even more. I may black out for like five seconds, but just bear with me. Uh, we need to change the slide first of all because uh, we're going to talk about our live event in just a second. But just bear with me for two seconds while I change to my hotspot and see if that helps the connection and maybe then the audio as Okay, I'm hoping that we're back. I'm hoping that this is going to be improving. It might take a little second just to jump back into life but i'm hoping that we're going to be connected a lot more seamlessly so uh yes we're on a 5g network so it should be better it should be improved and hopefully i'm looking a little bit clearer you might even be able to see my jump back onto full full screen hopefully i'm going to be clear and 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 better than i was previously so let's talk about the tgt live event shall we because it is an event that i want to see so many of you guys and girls attend because the first one that we did you know earlier this year in august was amazing um and it was such a great event to see so many people um enjoying um enjoying the what we did and enjoying everything that we we produced that day and speaking to fans and speaking to listeners and speaking to part of the arsenal family we did our our two-hour podcast and followed that with a, a really great social event afterwards where we just had a few drinks and chats and things like that. So please, please, please do come along to our next one, uh, which is on the 22nd of February. Um, the link to be able to get tickets, and there is a limited capacity for this event. So if you want to get tickets, I'd recommend getting them as fast as you can. Uh, the link to get those tickets is down in today's video description. If you're listening on audio platforms, I'll be leaving a link as well uh, in the description of those videos. So make sure that you do check that out as well if you'd like to come along and join our event. The lineup is going to be announced uh, in the coming months uh, as we lead up to the event. Um, so don't wait um, because people that are really keen on coming will beat you to those tickets. Um, as I said, it is a limited capacity. This event is not as big of a venue as it was last time. We've gone slightly more smaller because I wanted to get it maybe a bit more intimate than what we had last time. And so we're kind of all in a a great space together in a, in a smaller room. And so we've done that. This time we're going to be at the old Queen's Head uh, on Essex Road in Angel, uh, which is a fantastic venue, amazing place. I'm really, really lucky to get this venue, actually. I'm surprised that we were able to get it because um, it is a really popular place for people to host uh, host events. So I'm very happy that we got it. Um, so that's in London on the 22nd of February. You'll be able to come along, watch a podcast with some fantastic panellists, uh, I'm going to change things up a bit. Um, you know, I wanna, every time we do these live events, I want to change up the panel. So it's going to be um, we're going to see some familiar and unfamiliar faces as well. 
and hopefully some people that you find really interesting to listen to and that you've seen plenty of, of course, already. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So do come along. The link is down in the description. Uh, they're only a tenner, a ticket um, plus fees. So uh, it's less than half the price of what the last event was as well. So it's only a tenner a ticket. Come along, support the channel, support us. And uh, yeah, as I said, it's a limited capacity. So make sure that you get them before they run out. Uh, I did promise you those Ramsdale Raider statistics. Um, so here we go. Um, a lot of people yesterday were saying, you know, Ramsdale was, you know, better than Raya from a goalkeeping standpoint. And we'd only bought in Raya because of his, you know, passing abilities. And that from a goalkeeping perspective and from a shot stopping perspective, Raya is not producing the same as what Ramsdale is. Well, I promised I'd bring you the stats. And so I went on to Scout this morning and I collated that evidence and that data. And so here it is in all of its clear uh, and cold factual uh, looking. So if you look, we've got our expected conceded goals. That is the amount of goals that a goalkeeper is expected to concede based upon the shots that they have faced. So last season, Ramsdale was expected to concede 41.62 uh, goals. He conceded higher than that. He conceded 43 goals across the season. If you compare that to Raya last season for Brentford, he was expected to concede 51.45 goals. He actually conceded only 46. So despite being expected to concede more, he conceded less. And then if you look at this season, in the short amount of games that Ramsdale played, he was expected to concede uh, 7.23 goals. Uh, and actually, he conceded seven. So he actually improved and has improved into this season, Ramsdale, by conceding slightly less, ever so slightly less than he was supposed to. Um, and then this season, Raya was expected to concede, having played slightly more games, 10.45 goals uh, based upon the shots he's received. And actually, he's only conceded nine. So he's outperforming those expected conceded goal stats in both seasons so far. And this is one of the other reasons as to why we have decided, and Arteta has decided, to, to, to sign the Spanish goalkeeper. So I'm hoping this might put something of a, a bookend to this conversation. I know that it's been a constant... Um, it's been a constant um, run of of expecting to discuss who should be starting and is Raya that much better than Ramsdale? Was it worth the investment? Well, based upon this data, which people who were very much backing Ramsdale were asking me to show, the data suggests that he is indeed expecting to concede, uh, you know, he's expected to concede a certain amount and he is outperforming that expected. Um, runs with Cal says, um, I don't get it. Raya is con uh, Raya's conceded more goals. He's played more games. This is not per 90. This is total stats. So this is a total amount of goals. So Raya has faced more shots in total uh, or more, you know, he's, he's faced more attempts on his goal that would expect to lead to a greater number of goals in more games than what Ramsdale has played. That's why. So don't look at it as, well, he's conceded more goals than Ramsdale has. He's also played more games, but he's also faced more shots, more attempts during this period of time that he's been playing. So it's actually, you need to look at how he's faring compared to his own expected conceded goals. You don't look at them between the two. You look at how they're performing against their own expected conceded goals to get the uh, the value of the data. So it's not about how many they've conceded in comparison to one another. It's about how they compare to what they were expected to concede. So I hope that makes sense and that clears up any confusion in that manner. But for me, this kind of is... it. It's obviously not going to be a complete end to the debate, a complete end to the discussion. 
But I think for those people that have been a little bit umming and ahhing about whether or not Raya is a better goalkeeper outside of the distribution, these stats certainly suggest that that is the case. So um, it's worth just taking those into account when having those debates. Um, right, let's go into the chat box then, shall we? And we'll tackle as many questions as we can. I won't be on as long today as I usually am. I'm only be tackling about 10 minutes worth of questions because the audio is not great. The connection's not the best. Um, so I don't want to, you know, have to burn your ears with how poor the audio is in comparison to what it usually is like on the channel. Um, Dennis says, so are we now done talking about goalkeepers? I hope so, but I very much doubt it, Dennis, is probably my answer to that one. Uh, Jimbo says, Tom, I like these stat-finding explanations you provide. I think you should do more uh, on our outfield players. I'm more than happy to, to do that when you suggest kind of the different things that you want to know the answers to. I'm hoping that we can provide some plenty of evidence to suggest that that is the way forward. Um, Ashish says, Tom, what are your thoughts on Tony Adams' statement suggesting that if Emery had managed us last season, we would have won the league? Why do some ex-players tend to express negative sentiments? I don't know. I don't agree with him. Uh, we were regressing under Unai Emery. Yes, I know we finished fifth and we got to a Europa League final. But if you look at the way in which Arsenal were during those moments, if you look at the squad and how it was left when he left the club, it was only going in one direction. I mean, Unai Emery managed to fail in winning Liga with PSG at his disposal. So I don't think there's necessarily the evidence there to suggest that Unai Emery would have taken Arsenal to a league title last season over Mikel Arteta. I don't think he's a better coach than Arteta. I think Arteta's got better philosophy than Unai Emery. I think Arteta suits Arsenal far better than Unai Emery. But in regards to the question regarding why the ex-players tend to express negative sentiments, the honest answer is I don't know. I have absolutely no idea why there tends to be this skew towards being critical over not. Maybe it's to come up with a hot take that gets more attention. I don't get it. Tony Jones is a fantastic player for Arsenal um, and should be respected for what he brought the club. But I don't respect that view. I just don't think that it's, um, I don't think it's sensible or, you know, matters. Um, Prem says, why is the audio always bad? Because I'm not using a microphone today. I've tried to explain this a number of times. I'm assuming you've joined in late. Uh, Nexus says, Tom, two questions. Uh, one, what date is the live event? And two, would you take Dusan over Ozymen? The date of the live event is the 22nd of February. Um, all the information about the event is down in the link in the description. So go and click that and you can get all the information about the event so you can read up on all of it there. Um, would you take Dusan Vlaovic over Ozymen? No, I wouldn't. I think Victor Ozymen is, is a far better striker than Dusan Vlaovic and far more established as well. Um, let's go to Chris says, hey Tom, next summer, Raya 30 million, number two goalkeeper, possibly Ozymen. Do you think we'll be tight with FFP? Could possibly neglect the midfielder again with the three possible exits. And what are your thoughts on that? I think that Obviously, it depends on sales. I think Arsenal got players that they could move on for good fees. Ramsdale being one of them. Ketia being another one of them. Uh, who knows? We could move Thomas Partey on in the summer. We might get a good fee, hopefully, for him if indeed he does move on. There is a number of players coming back. Kieran Tierney is going to be back in the summer as well. We'll try and maybe move him on for a good fee. Lekonga is going to be back. Tavares is going to be back unless Nottingham Forest activate the clause in that player's contract. So maybe we'll end up making a good amount of money next summer on player sales. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. And that will in heavily improve our FFP. Remember that those fees that you get for players count in that, uh, that year, uh, as opposed to when you buy players, those fees are split because of amortization across the length of those players' contracts. Uh, Benji says, do you think we'll ever get faster at progressing the ball from midfield to attack? It seems like that we would create more chances if we could hit teams before they're set up. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, Benji, 
the reason why I think that we're slower is because we don't possess the same kind of structure as a team that like Liverpool that have their fullbacks bombing up the, the wide flanks and wide areas to give those guys extra support because we play with more internal fullbacks other than when we've got, say, Ben White sometimes on the right-hand side, which we didn't have against Brent because Tommy Asser was playing and Wyatt was injured. I think that there's something to be said about the lack of numbers, which stops you from progressing the ball as quickly. But I would like us to see us progress the ball centrally faster. Um, we're very considered in the types of passes that we play, and so that's obviously stopping us, I think, sometimes from from playing as fast as maybe some people would like us to. Um, the immature reviewer says, went to the Europa League final. We didn't win it. So where is the evidence that we would have won the Premier League? Lol. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, Kai, or Cal, sorry, says, uh, it's amazing how they think that what we saw last season was because of Arteta. Um, oh, sorry, I read that in the wrong context. It's amazing how they think, comma. What we saw last season was because of Arteta. Indeed. And that's the reason why we competed for the, the title last season. It's because of the, the foundation of what Arteta built at Arsenal. And so, therefore, applying that to Emery doesn't make too much sense at all. Again, I just think it's a hot take. They're looking for a bit of attention in that regard. Uh, Angela says, will the live event be streamed as well for those of us that are abroad? What we're going to try and do is record it for you. Um, so it won't be live. But like the last live event, we are going to try and record it. So it won't go out at the same time um, that it is live because, obviously, we have to prioritise the people that have that are coming to the event. But I know for loads of people that do live abroad, can't attend, I'm going to try and record it, Angela. Um, but I haven't got that confirmed yet. It will hopefully, at least to the very minimum, be audio. Um, but I don't know whether we're going to be able to video record it yet. I need to get kind of um, understanding from the, the venue first. But uh, as soon as I know, you will know, I promise. Um, right, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, let's go to Chris, who says, is any of our players on loan getting any obligations to buy in their contracts? Do you know? Um, the Tavares uh, loan deal to Nottingham Forest contains a, a clause. I don't think that it's an obligation. I think that it's an option of around 15, 14 to 16 odd million pounds, I think, something like that. Um, Runnison and Okonkwo, their deals run out at the end of the season. Marquinhos, I don't think there's an option there. I don't think there's an option in Lukonga's contract either. I don't think there's even a recall clause in that contract in January. Uh, he's injured anyway, so uh, I doubt he would have come back in January. Uh, Kieran Tierney, of course, is, is a dry loan as well, so I don't think there's any clause in that either. Um, so, no, not really. Tavares is the only one that's got a clause, I think, in that loan deal to... Uh, uh, to Nottingham Forest. Um, Amesy says, Arteta has definitely concentrated on our defence becoming watertight. We are winning despite not looking so pretty. And you know what the ironic thing is that a lot of Arteta's biggest critics like to look at Diego Simeone sometimes, a manager that I have a lot of respect for, but absolutely no desire to see manage Arsenal in any way, shape or form because of his kind of it's it's just not football for me the way Simeone plays it is it does the business for a club like Atletico but trying to pick up that philosophy and drop it into Arsenal would be like it's chalk and cheese like it's, it's just not going to work but what Simeone is very good at is getting his side in a position where they're very hard to beat they're very industrious and they're very rigid and they're very resilient and Arteta has in some ways there's there's obviously some characteristics that Arteta has wanted to instill in his team that ironically do and are getting a lot of mirrored kind of links to Simeone's. Now, I think there's a lot of differences, the way in which Arsenal attack, the way in which Arsenal build up, the way in which you have the inverted fullback moving into the midfield, the structures 
that we're so fluid and so changing. Atletico Madrid are more rigid. Arsenal are not. But they both do possess the defensive solidity that Arteta has wanted to instill that Simeone likes in his teams as well. And the thing is, is that those foundations really do help you in terms of a title race. You know, they say goals win games, the cliche goes, but defences win you titles. And last season, our defence fell apart at the end of the season and we conceded too many goals. And it also stopped us from beating teams like Liverpool and stopped us from beating teams like Man City. And this season, you look at the game against Man City, we stayed in that game for as long as possible. And then when the opportunity presented itself, we took it and we snatched those three points. And then we come up against those teams that are technically better than us, like City, and there aren't too many of them around these days. Having that, having that ability, having that resilience, that tenacity to stay in the game as long as possible and then snatch a win is what is hopefully going to be the difference between what happened last season and what can hopefully happen this season. Um, Carl says, Tom, just because I don't like cheese doesn't mean I don't like chalk. Well, if you want to eat chalk, mate, that's, that's entirely up to you. I'm not going to judge. There's no judgment here. <laughs> Gibbs says, how do you feel about Bayern Munich going after Tommy Asu? Personally, one of my favourite players and would hate to see him go. I feel good and bad. The good comes from the fact that it justifies, it vindicates what we believe, which is that he's a top player. Because a club like Bayern Munich going in for Tomiyasu or trying to chase Tomiyasu is certainly indications that we've got a really good player on our hands. I feel bad about it because I don't want him to go. But I feel good also because I know the player is happy. He's very happy at Arsenal. He wants to stay at Arsenal. And Arsenal are certainly going to be engaging in those contract talks, to my understanding, very, very soon. Indeed. Um, John says, I'm bored of this two-keeper debate. We have two quality keepers and that's it. If we decide to sell Ramsdale in the summer, then we should uh, go in for someone with a good fee or rather get a good fee and then you can find another player. It's a team game. And I do agree with this. I think if, uh, if Ramsdale was to move on, I think I'd go down the route of signing a more experienced backup goalkeeper, somebody that can give you, you know, um, what you want. Like, you know, like Ortega for City is a fantastic example of what you can do by getting a good goalkeeper in that can distribute the ball very well, but isn't obviously as good as your starting goalkeeper. And I think that's the way that Arsenal need to move forward. That's the way that I would go forwards with the goalkeeping area if Ramsdale was to leave. I'd bring in someone experienced. Uh, someone that's got Premier League experience maybe and is looking for another move and that would be okay in being the number two. And it needs to be established. I just don't think, I think this whole experiment has shown to us that having two keepers that are able to be number one, it doesn't work. It's not working for us. And so we need to make sure that we've got a better dynamic next season because the whole two number ones, it's not worked out for us, to be fair. Um, Malessi says, did you notice that Martinelli always had two players on him each time he got the ball? He hardly went directly, maybe only twice versus Brentford. Perhaps it's time to have a teammate closer for one, two passes. I, I think there's, a, there's things that you can try and do to tackle this. The problem is, is that other teams are going to continue to set up in this way. They're going to continue to set up in a way in which it makes it difficult for our wingers to impact the game. One of the things that Bakaya Saka talked to us about after the game against Brentford is that he told us that, again, he is being, um, he's being doubled up on at times. And that's making things much, much harder for him. So it's something that we've got to deal with. Um, I am going to end the show there because, obviously, the infrastructure is not great for me today. Uh, apologies for the audio. Uh, as I said, I forgot my, my microphone, which was never the best thing in the world to do while I'm traveling. Um, but I'll be back in the usual studio tomorrow. Um, so please, please, please do tune in tomorrow uh, to, to, to continue with the crisper audio that you all have come to know and love. If you're listening on audio platforms, thank you for sticking with me. Uh, as I mentioned, the link is down in the description for the event, for the tickets. So please do go and grab your tickets. There's a limited capacity. Um, so I encourage you to get there. It is first come, first serve. There's no ballot systems here today. 
Um, just go and get your tickets if you can for a live event on the 22nd of February in North London. Um, so yeah, there you go. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a fantastic start to your week. I hope that you're going to be uh, laughing at Spurs all the way to the back, and uh, you'll drop a like as well to help support the channel. Um, thank we. I think we hit a thousand likes yesterday, which is crazy considering we've ended that challenge. But if you want to keep pushing ahead, keep supporting the channel, please do drop a like on the video. It means the absolute world to show the support that you continue to do every single day. I will see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.